The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, October 16th, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media, and special welcome to one of our most loyal listeners and fans and helpers, Joan. Thank you for joining us also. Good evening. And I have it on very good authority that I can be heard in the chat room, which is excellent news. So let's keep going. Tonight's show contains spoilers up to the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We will watch the new episode together. And then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 to 10. 1 is completely foul. Please remove this from my presence if you value your life. And 10 is, this is absolute heaven, and I need nothing else in this world but this episode. (laughs) We have not yet had a 1 or a 10, but we've had some ups and downs on both ends. And we'll also give you commentary, uh, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. Uh, Quick show updates, Uh, not much that I haven't already told you, one little thing, and I actually need to pull up a news article related to that. And again, I'm having problems with the highlighting thing down here, and I don't know. Both of my computers are old. That's really probably what's going on here, and at some point I will try to upgrade them, but today is not that day. So let me go ahead and get that URL set up for you because it is a little bit of an update that I want to give you guys. Okay. Uh, Welcome to the final season ever of The Walking Dead Classic. Tonight is episode 19 and the final third of season 11, and it's followed by The Talking Dead uh, round 11 again. There you have traditionally been shoving Interview with the Vampire in between. I don't approve of this practice, but I will be honest with you that I am kind of liking the new Interview with the Vampire done as a TV show. It's actually quite nice. So I recommend the show. I just don't like them splitting everything up. I I think that's rude. And I actually think Interview with the Vampire is good enough where it didn't need to, like, cling to the walking dead people to survive. I think it could have survived on its own. Y'all sold it short. Shame on you, AMC. So anyhow, Talking Dead will be on after Interview. Um, So we have to wait an hour. So I won't stay with you guys for that. We now have, uh, after tonight, five episodes left of Walking Dead Classic ever. And here is the mostly not very much news. (laughs) Uh, Fear the Walking Dead Season 8 premiere, don't know yet. Walking Dead World Beyond has ended. There's a tie-in with Commonwealth. We don't know how. AMC Plus and AMC Streaming. Uh, the Daryl spinoff, uh, same as we all know, 2023, David Zabella's showrunner. It's connected to France and the Advanced Walkers, which, okay, that's a relevant plot point. Tonight will be the episode. This is common knowledge. It's not a spoiler. It's in all the trailers, and Angela Kang said it in interviews. Um, they are doing something where the walkers are evolving, and they have these, that's why it's called Variant. Hello. Um so they have these new walkers that have extra abilities. They're mutating, and they can open doors and climb walls and some other stuff that makes defending against them harder than it used to be, like they don't have enough crap going on. Um, that plot line will at some point have something to do with Daryl going to France, and there'll be a time jump. And I don't know how any of that goes together, and we weren't given that information, so that's okay because we don't do spoilers, so that's fine. 
But that's the Daryl spinoff deal. Tales of the Walking Dead Season 1 wrapped several weeks ago. There's been talk of a Season 2, but we don't have the details yet. Check AMC for more. Dead in the Water, the Fear Webisodes, AMC Plus, that aired last July, 2021. Uh, the Maggie and Negan in New York thing is uh, Walking Dead, Dead City, 2023. Um, that's the thing I was going to write, read. Sorry, talking is hard for me. I apologize. That's where I was going to read the article to you guys. They have set a date. Um, I'm going to make you wait. Let me read the article for you real quick. It's written by Paul Daly with two L's at tvfanatic.com. And it was a weekend change ago that he wrote this. So he said, The Walking Dead cast appeared Saturday at New York Comic Con. And by this he means the Saturday right before October 8th. I I don't know, Joan, if you care to figure out what day that was for me while I'm reading this. Uh, And the cast brought some exciting news. The main series is set to wrap in November. We do know that. Uh, The Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohen-led spinoff, The Walking Dead, Dead City, will debut on AMC in April 2023. Now you have it. Now you know. I'm actually going to bring in applause for that one. Okay, Joan has mentioned, just to clean up what I said earlier, uh, Walking Dead is on till 10.08 tonight, this week, and then interview for an hour, and then Talking Dead at 11.09. So you can keep up with all that. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Let me go back to the article, and I will tell you more. Let's see here. News of the premiere date comes as the series is in production on the 5th, of six episodes in New York. So of Dead City, they've already filmed five of them. It's already in the can. Cohen and Morgan were on hand at NYCC to offer some tidbits of information, with Cohen joking that she's playing Negan and Morgan is playing Maggie. Okay. That would certainly subvert expectations. That actually could be kind of funny, except it's not supernatural in that kind of a way. So... Uh, The Walking Dead Dead City will take viewers to New York City on a journey with sworn enemies Maggie and Negan. The series takes viewers to a post-apocalyptic Manhattan long ago cut off from the mainland, according to the network. The crumbling city, AMC adds, is filled with the dead and denizens who have made New York City their own world full of anarchy, danger, beauty, and terror. Longtime Walking Dead writer Eli Jornet will serve as showrunner on the drama via his overall deal with AMC Studios. Walking Dead Universe content chief Scott M. Gimple will oversee the project, which is set to debut in 2023 and will span just six episodes. They've been doing quite a bit of that, where these um, other side projects are mini seasons, where they're just six. Um, You know, they did that with Tails as well, and they're going to be doing that with Daryl. And they're going to be doing that with Rick and Michonne as well. But I'll get to those updates in a second. This is a very big day for the expanding universe. We are building around The Walking Dead, said Dan McDermott, president of entertainment and AMC Studios for AMC Networks, when the show got a series order in March. Quote, it not only adds another compelling series to this collection, it extends our storytelling around two unforgettable characters fans have grown to love or hate Love, hate, or hate, and then love in Maggie and Negan, brilliantly inhabited by Lauren and Jeffrey. It also lets us explore a corner of this universe located on the island of Manhattan with an iconic skyline that takes on a very different meaning when viewed through the lens of a zombie apocalypse. Um, Then they're like, you know, what are your thoughts on the April premiere? Are you excited to hit the comments? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine with that. Um, Let me go back to my regular notes. Uh, call in to speak with the host if you would like. 914-338-0314. We'll take calls all evening, but we especially encourage you, if you want to call, do it before 9 o'clock tonight before the live show. You're welcome to call after, during the live show, but you will be screened and muted, and you'll have to wait until the commercial break to be able to talk on the air. The phones are not your thing. Some people are anxious about that stuff, so, you know, I don't judge. We have a chat room. And maybe that's more your speed. So 
you can come in there, ask questions, chat, and you can yip yap while the show's on, which is something you can't do on the phone. Um, you can also go back to that link when we're done and download the episode as an MP3 for later listening. And we post links for that on our Facebook page um, and on my social media. So those should be readily available. If you're listening to the show now and you got the link, I have no doubt that um, you should be able to get to it. I don't know why I muted the TV show, but it turned itself off for some reason. So pardon me while I fool with it just a minute. I want to make sure it's up but muted. So we're ready to go. All right. Uh, If you're still unable to join us in real time this evening, which probably means you're listening to me after the fact, that's okay. Still love you. Um, You can still go to each episode link later and download the broadcast as an MP3, as I mentioned. Um, All you do is go to the link and then click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and any prior episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. Tonight's The Walking Dead episode is entitled Variant. The official AMC synopsis is, Eugene goes on the run and Mercer is tasked to find him. Aaron's group faces a complication on the road. I'm going to double check in the chat room to see if Joan has anything to add. Uh, Not as of yet. So let us continue. Okay. Um, Additional synopsis I do have pulled up for you because I anticipated having the computer mouse issue. So I try to get that in there already. And this is uh, by Renee Hansen at Fansided at UndeadWalking.com as one of our main sources for information about The Walking Dead. Um, This is mostly short and sweet and just a mild expansion on what's going on tonight. Um, This article actually is from a week ago, and they talk about 17, 18, and 19. And so I'm going to skip 17 and 18 because we've talked about those. So skip, skip, skip. Um, This is... Jumping ahead in the order of things, I usually do writers and directors right after this, so I'm going to be repeating this. Episode 19, Variant, was written by Vivian C. and directed by Karen Gaviola. C. has written several episodes in seasons 9 through 11 and has served as executive story editor since season 9. This will be Gaviola's directorial debut for The Walking Dead. We've seen clips of Eugene in the trailer in a courtroom. Oh, in a, not a physical trailer, in the trailer for the episode. In a courtroom, and it looks like he's on trial for something. I mean, after this past week, we can all guess what it could possibly be. The synopsis for this episode tells us that he will go on the run with Mercer, tasked to track him down. Perhaps Eugene's mistakes in the Commonwealth have finally caught up with him. I wouldn't bet on it. This episode will also see Aaron and his group encountering complications on the road. We already covered that. The title variant has viewers, has viewers certain this episode will, will reveal the variant walkers that have been seen in the trailer and showrunner Angela Kang has talked about. And yes, I, I do believe that as well. So that's what we have to look forward to tonight. It's 8.44. Let's start going to writers and directors' profiles. As we mentioned, written by Vivian C. and directed by Karen Gaviola. Uh, Vivian's profile is a little long, so let's jump on in. In the future, if she continues to uh, do some more episodes, I may very well start trimming it. Um, I'm trying to keep these a little shorter than what it is. Anyhow, I grabbed this off of her Instagram uh, last spring. Not this past, 2021 is what I'm trying to say. My name is Vivian, she says. I was born and raised in the Netherlands, but I'm originally from Hong Kong. That kind of bugged me, only just, I'm trying to figure out how could she originally be from Hong Kong if she was born in the Netherlands. I don't know how that works. Um, And it's fine. Obviously, she's ethnically Chinese, predominantly, because of the stuff she's about to say. I have two sisters. I'm the middle child, and I'm perfectly imperfect. My sisters and I attended Chinese classes on Saturdays when we're little, hoping to improve our Chinese and get more in touch with our cultural background. This is where I met my hubs, Wailun, W-A-I-L-U-N. We were in the same class, but we lost contact after I stopped attending Chinese classes. 
in 2013, I got reconnected with Y, and three years later, we tied the knot. In March 2017, we welcomed our first son, Aiden. Being new parents was challenging for the both of us, but Aiden definitely made our relationship stronger. Not only ours, but the bond with the rest of our family members. I do believe that babies bring family closer. In April 2019, we welcomed our second bundle of joy, Ace. He and his brother are so different in personality. They're total opposites, yet they get along so well. Um, As of March 2021, this is obviously over now. She's expecting baby number three, and we can't wait for her to arrive, and her name will be Avery Chloe, and there was an update that she was born June 5th, 2021. So yay for all the babies that you guys had. Fantastic. Vivian C. San Francisco native, now based in New York City. Uh, This may be her Twitter bio, I think. Um, Minimalist style enthusiast, happily married, mommy to Aiden Chase. um, That was the firstborn. Zara Addict, that's a fashion label. And sadly, I think Zara may be the manufacturer who made that um, snotty camo jacket that the former guy's wife wore that says, I really don't care, do you? I think that was a Zara piece. So I'm actually a little sad to see this, if I'm correct. Um, Obsessive about bags and shoes. She married her husband, Y, in September of 2016. Yes, we covered that earlier. So I may tighten some of this up for you guys. Professionally, Vivian C. began her career working with Oscar-nominated producer Mark Gordon on a variety of films, including Emmy-nominated and starring Pancho Villa as himself, as well as with Julie Taymor on Golden Globe-nominated Across the Universe. Since 2003, Vivian has been miscellaneous crew for a few major films, notably including The Day After Tomorrow, and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I love both of those movies. She moved on to produce for National Geographic and program for the Tribeca Film Festival. Her short film, Preamble, was awarded the Silver Light Award at the Honolulu Film Festival in 2009. Her feature script, Joe Boy, was selected for the 2013 Nantucket Screenwriters Colony. In spring 2014, she participated in the POV Hackathon with the Angola Project. Uh, work with Walking Dead. She was a co-producer, starting with Season 9, Episode 1, please forgive my hiccups, uh, for 16 episodes over 2019 to 2020, ending with Season 10, Episode 16, A Certain Doom. She's been a producer since the extension of Season 10, uh, Episode 17, Home Sweet Home, to Season 11, Episode 9, No Other Way, for 15 episodes total then became a supervising producer for nine episodes so far, beginning with Season 11, Episode 10, New New Haunts, to Season 11, Episode 18, A New Deal, which was last week. Tonight would be 10 episodes that she's supervising producer. She's been executive story editor for 16 episodes from Season 9, Ep 1, A New Beginning, up to Season 9, Ep 16, The Storm. Um, I believe she's still an executive story editor for season I don't know. I'll have to go back and check her exec story editor credits. I apologize. I didn't flush that out fully. Including tonight, she has written or co-written eight episodes of Walking Dead Classics, starting with Stradivarius. That was hers. That was kind of fun. Season 9, episode 7, up until tonight. She was on Talking Dead. I had a different entry for her, but I've double-checked it on IMDb, and they had... Different info, so I've changed it. Um, according to IMDb, she was on Talking Dead, um, Talking Dead Season 9, Episode 26, after the episode Splinter, Season 10, Episode 20. That took place on March 21st, 2021. I had notes that in September 2021, after Season 11, Episode 3, Hunted, IMDb's records don't go that high, so I don't actually know if she's been on twice. But at any rate, those are the things she's been up to. It's 8.50. Let's go to director Karen Gaviola. Um, Double-checking on Joan. Uh, Nothing else to add, so let's continue. Karen Gaviola. She is a second-generation Filipina-American. She's a graduate of Immaculate Heart High School in Los Angeles and Harvard College. Karen has 21 second-unit director or assistant director credits since 1985, including for Cagney and Lacey, 
Caddyshack 2, Tales from the Crypt 1989 version, and NYPD Blue, amongst many others. She has five producer credits since 2016, including for Lucifer, Magnum PI 2018 reboot, Hawaii 50 2020 reboot, and Paper Girls 2022. There was one more show in there, but it wasn't one I was familiar with, so I didn't really include it. Uh, I'm sure she did lovely work. She has 69 director's credits since 1999, (coughs) starting with a promotion working on NYPD Blue, then CSI New York, Alias, Bones, Lost, Law & Order, Castle, CSI Miami, Sons of Anarchy, CSI Original, Criminal Minds, Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Blacklist, NCIS Los Angeles, Grimm, and other shows. She is the winner of the 2007 NAACP Image Award for directing The Whole Truth episode of the ABC hit series Lost. She was also nominated for the 2013 WIN, which is Women's Image Network Award, for Best Directing of the Georgia On My Mind episode of the Shonda Rhimes series Private Practice. Ms. Gaviola was elected in June 2013 to the National Board of Directors Guild of America. National Board of the Directors Guild of America. Make sure I say that clearly so you understand what I'm getting at. She is currently serving her fifth term in that position. She is active with the DGA TV Creative Rights Committee, the Women's Steering Committee, the Asian American Committee, and the Diversity Task Force. Gaviola was recently, I don't have a date as to when, um, named co-chair of the 2023 DGA AMPTP Negotiations Committee. Karen is also a member of the Producers Guild of America, the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, and Film Independent. Directing tonight's episode is her first work anywhere in the Walking Dead franchise, and let's give them both very big applause and thank you. All right, it's 8.53. We have time to start diving into trivia. Trivia for tonight's episode, number 19. Um, Tonight's episode is the 172nd episode of Walking Dead Classic ever. Co-stars listed are Hayes Mercure as Precinct Trooper. And I think that actor's been on before, but it wasn't last week, so I don't have my full set of notes. Um, Anyway, this character is also known as Commonwealth Soldier number nine. And then Brittany Guess is Frightened Woman, Commonwealth Resident 14. Uncredited actors. There's quite a slew here because many of these are archived appearances. Um, Terry Joe Kennedy as Teresa, who's a Kingdom survivor now in the Commonwealth. DJ Stavropoulos as Casey with a K, who's the owner and florist at Casey's Kaleidoscope within the Commonwealth. Gia, and we don't have a last name for the actress. It's possible that professionally she doesn't use it, like Cher or something. Um, She is Alexandria resident or survivor number 145. Uh, Incidentally, Gia also played a savior in seasons 8 and 9. Hilltop resident survivors. Mary Ducato, uh, survivor number 28. Nelson Padilla, is survivor 231 and Susan Boone is survivor number 232 also known as chicken farmer uh, Oceanside residents Ember Brown <coughs> pardon is survivor number 94 Jenny Brown is survivor number 97 and Keely McAllister is survivor number 11 otherwise known as Oceanside Sentry um, and the following are all archival footage. It's 8.55, so I don't know how much of this I'll get through, but I will try. Most of these characters you know, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Um, Michael Cudlitz, Abraham Ford. These are all archival footage that is going to appear in the episode tonight. Alana Masterson as Tara Chambler. Stephen Yoon as Glenn Ree. Kendrick Green as Scott. Jordan Woods Robinson. Scott, by the way, is an Alexandria resident, and the character may still be alive, but they're in archival footage for a plot reason. Jordan Woods Robinson is Eric Raleigh. 
he was a recruiter for the community of Alexandria along with his boyfriend, Aaron, as Aaron's boyfriend had passed away and was killed. And he was responsible for bringing Rick Grimes and this group to Alexandria to begin with. Jason Douglas as Tobin, that was the guy that had a brief romantic relationship with fellow Alexandrian Carol Pelletier. Marvin Lee as Kyle, um, that's a character from Alexandria, has been MIA since the migration and season 11 to the Commonwealth. It leaves it open for the character to return. Maybe we just don't know what they're up to. Um, Andrew Lincoln, of course, is Rick Grimes. Denai Guerrero is Michonne Grimes. Andrea Moore is Ellen Ford, who is the wife of Abraham Ford, mother of A.J. and Becca. Drake Ethan Light is A.J. Ford, unknown actress as Becca Ford. She was an infant slash toddler. Uh, we do not know who played her. Jose Miguel Vasquez as Jose in archival footage. He's a member of the Saviors and a former worker. Jose Miguel Vasquez confirmed he was not called back for season nine, meaning Jose likely left the sanctuary instead of joining the joint communities. Character status unknown assumed alive. At day 56, let's keep going. John Eyes, E-Y-E-Z. It could be said Eyes. I don't know, actually know. Uh, he plays the character Potter. He's a member of the Saviors and a former worker. In Season 9, Episode 6, Who Are You Now? At some point, following Rick's assumed death, the sanctuary eventually falls as a community, with most of its residents integrating into Alexandria, Hilltop, and the Kingdom, though some chose not to join any of the communities. Since then, Potter has not been seen among the communities after the sanctuary fell, leaving him with an unknown fate. Uh, and the last was Roe D.G., R-O-E, a last name D-I-G-I, as Red Beanie Savior. Originally, the character was actually killed in the episode First Day of the Rest of Your Life, but because his death scene was not included in the final episode, he was brought back and his death was scrapped. Because Roe D.G. was a part of the core group of recurring Savior extras, since her introduction in Season 6, Episode 16, he was given a featured death scene in the episode Still Gotta Mean Something. All right, we don't, I just have a couple minutes. Let's see what else we can do. Um, this is the last appearance of the following characters as flashbacks. The first three are flashbacks to see them as a corpse. Uh, Ellen, AJ, and Becca Ford. Abraham Ford is flashback. Tara, Glenn, Eric, Tobin, Kyle, Rick, Michonne, Jose, and Potter. And then now we are to last week's trivia, episode 18, which was the 171st episode of Walking Dead ever. Uh, co-stars, I can probably redo that and then we'll need to go dark. Uh, co-stars from last week's episode, Anthony Azor as R.J. Grimes. Ken Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree. He doesn't actually appear, but he gets credit. Annabelle Holloway as Gracie. Chiara Misawa as Mai. Brian Troxell as announcer. Nick McNeil as Captain Commonwealth. Rob Liba as Attila, the wrestler. Michael Proctor as Lothar, the other wrestler. Preston James Hiller is Mr. Martins. Corby Dean is Mrs. Martins. Lorraine Rodriguez Reyes is doctor in Commonwealth Hospital. Elena Sanchez is cleaning crew number one janitor. And Wigasi Bryant, I'm so sorry, as cleaning crew number two janitor. Those are the ones that got killed out in the little alleyway there. All right, it's 859. Let's go ahead and get dark. Get ready. Powder your nose. Get your drinks. Get your snacks. And we will meet up at commercial break number one. And this is a glorious picture of Go Judith using Daddy's gun to get rid of that piece of trash. All right, kids. I will see you at commercial break number one. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys, it's only 9.03, and we are actually at the first commercial break. Big shocker. That was super short. And Joan and I both kind of agree that we're sort of not feeling real strong about the opening because it's so short, and there doesn't seem to be a reason why it's so short. And they chose to pick up right at the end of the chaos of last week. So there's just a lot of people freaking out and running around and panic mode. And, you know, so it's, okay, three minutes of panic mode. I give it a 4.75. Joan's given it a 5. I do have hope for better, so I'm not too put off by that, but it's perfectly fine. 
Um, let's go ahead and go back to the trivia for last week's episode. We are at the uncredited uh, portion. Micah King is Ezra, Je- Jerry and Nabila's kids are the first three here. Autumn Azul as Aliyah, and Maya and Delaney Timber as Mariam, the youngest daughters played by twins. Uh, unknown actress as Socorro Espinoza, Rosita and Sadiq's daughter. She should be roughly about 10 months now on ballparking because time is so mutable on this show. And Tom Luce as William Milton, uh, only his voice, who's Pam's father, Sebastian's grandfather. Um, wow, we're okay, just this short, we are back. So I'll see you guys at break number two. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 9.13. That was much better. There was plot advancement and not just screaming and everything. I definitely have lost any possible anything that I felt nice about Pam Milton. Uh, Hornsby is pretty much crap in my book. (laughs) Um, So Joan and I have both gone up to 525 with hopes of better. Um, Joan had a couple of comments earlier. Uh, Sebastian looks even worse in death than his weaselly self did in life. Yes, as he deserves. And she's like, wow, this bitch is way out of line, but then it's not surprising. And then she says, okay, Marcia, why the hell would Rosita respect you in this moment? You think she's bad? Just wait till Prentice gets a hold of you. Actually, to tell you the truth, I'm fairly certain that Mercer was being uh, spied on by someone just to make sure he did everything above board. And I don't know if he tried to let Rosita know that. I don't think he would have been allowed in there to interrogate her in that way without somebody double-checking it. And, yeah, when Prentice gets a hold of him, forget it. Either that, he's putting up a really good front, and then he's going to run with him. Joan says she's going to 525, and I'll go much higher if either Pam or Hornsby gets what they deserve tonight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that myself. So, Joan says, for his sake, I certainly hope so. Mercer, that is. You know, I don't know. He's he's conflicted, and I, I can understand. All righty. So I was reading you the uncredited people, and then we got put back uh, awful quick. So archival footage last week, uh, quite a few people you'll recognize. Uh, Michael Rooker is Merle. Chandler Riggs is Carl. Denai as Michonne. Scott Wilson as Herschel Green. Um, Steven as Glenry. Merritt Weaver as Denise Cloyd. Uh, Andrew Lincoln is Rick. Emily Kinney is Beth. Tyler James Williams is Noah. Thor Birch is Mary. Avi Nash is Sadiq. Angus Simpson is Ozzy. Jason Kirkpatrick is Alec. Matt Magnum, Mangum, excuse me, as DJ. Elise Nicole Dufour as Frankie. Brett Butler as Tammy Rose Sutton. Joe Ando Hirsch as Rodney. Kelly Mack as Adeline. Caitlin Macon as Enid. Alana Masterson as Tara. Matt Lentz as Henry, Justice Leak as Knife Smock Man, and W.F. Bell as Hilltop Millwright. We are still in commercials, so let's keep going. First appearance of the characters of Attila and Lothar. Last appearance of Merle, Carl, Herschel, Denise, Beth, Noah, Mary, and Sadiq. Also last appearance of the following people who were the Pike Brigade, the heads on pikes. Ozzy, Alex, DJ, Frankie, Tammy Rose, Rodney, Adeline, uh, Enid and Henry, and last appearance of William Milton, uh, voice only. And now we are back. I'll see you guys at break number three. Okay, guys, it's 926, and just double-checking. That was first, second, third, Oh, we had just the third commercial break. It seems like this should be the fourth, but I guess it's not. No, I guess this is the third. So, um, Joan and I are both at 5-5. Five, five. I have serious reservations about my 5-5. Five, five. Um, here's some commentary from both of us. Um, I thought it was a nice touch to have an abandoned Ren fair, although <coughs> pity it's up near Ohio, and they're going to plan to walk and take that rickety arse cart to VA where there is an abandoned Ren Fair for real. I'm I'm one of the things I don't like that has happened with Walking Dead Classic and I don't think they're gonna fix before they close. 
there is zero way that Alexandria and Oceanside and all that is close enough for anyone to walk to the Commonwealth. There, and neither is where it Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia. There's a Charlestown, and there's a Charleston, and neither of them are walking distance from D.C. Maybe Charlestown, if you took a few days and you knew it was safe. But then you're certainly not going to get to Ohio or Pittsburgh, where Princess was. These distances, they're screwing around with too much. And it isn't like they don't have continuity staff, and it isn't like these people don't understand the effing United States and what's near what. So this whole thing is pissing me off. This trip is dumb. This trip is very, 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 very dumb and implausible. It's well-intentioned, but they were the idiots who set the Commonwealth in Ohio, and that was incredibly dumb. And you really can't clean that pig up. It's going to have mud on it forever. Anyway, uh, let me get back to the other comments. Joan says, I know, right, but apparently they have a teleporter since they seem to make the trip back and forth in no time. And she says, oh, Lordy, nobody thought to put Sebastian down for good before now. I don't think Pam Milton would let them. And nobody certainly thought to do it. When Judith shot him, I actually thought she'd shoot him in the head, but maybe she's just picked up her dad's gun for the first time in a very, very long time. So I can forgive her not being a very good shot. You know, it's very understandable. Um, she's going up to 5-5 five, five for Aaron's trip down memory lane with Eric. Yeah, we all liked Eric. Um, and by the way, did you catch that he was in a flashback? And also, no, I don't think he was a birthday thing. No, it wasn't a birthday thing. It was a flashback thing. All right, we are back. I will see you guys at break number four. It's 9.33, and... I think we are at break number four. I'm really just having a hard time keeping track because this chat room is kind of going around a little bit. Um, Jonah said, you go, Max, telling Big Bro like it is. Yes, absolutely. Love the look on Daryl's face, calling Eugene's bluff. And Joan and I are both going to 575. Joan also adds that I think Eugene sells himself too short. His innovative thinking has been pivotal to this group's continual survival on several occasions. That is true, but if you think about it, most of his innovations were predicated on lies, like screwing up all of the ammo for Sanctuary and the Saviors. Um, Joan says she thinks I'm right. It's a break number four. I'm trying to count how many times we voted and do it that way. Um, let me go back to my notes and, and keep going with the trivia. Uh, last week's episode... Uh, the title of the episode, A New Deal, refers to the new deal Carol made with Pamela for the coalition. This episode marks Nadine, Marissa, and Matt Lent's 25th appearance on the TV series. Cindy is mentioned by Aaron as they plan to deliver aid to Oceanside, dumb plot, and update them on events with the Commonwealth, confirming that before Lance's occupation of the community, also dumb plot, because <clears throat> there's no way that he can magically control three or four areas that are unguarded now in Virginia from Ohio without a motor vehicle to transport manpower to do it. Um, you know what? I, Scott Gimple, you are content coordinator. I'm calling you out on this particular portion of the plot line. There is no way to rescue it. It's screwed up and wrong, and you never should have done it. You never should have allowed it. You should have fixed this so that it was more plausible. Period. Full stop. Okay. I've had my rant. Um, Cindy is mentioned by Aaron as they plan to deliver aid to Oceanside and update them on events with the Commonwealth, confirming that before Lance's occupation of the community, she was still active in Oceanside and apparently sharing leadership with Rachel Ward. The comic book RJ reads is invincible. This is not comic spoilers. This is in-character comic book. Invincible, a comic book by Robert Kirkman. His half-brother Carl was previously seen reading it in The Next World. His comic book gets passed around quite a bit. 
This episode features the first time Judith uses the Colt Python since shooting Beta and Stalker. Yeah, I thought she'd used it before. All right, we're in commercial, so let's keep going. Deaths last week. CW, me and Commonwealth. Cleaning crew number one, alive and zombified. Number two, alive and zombified. Sebastian's brother confirmed fate earlier. Sebastian Milton, it says alive, but what they mean is he's a zombie now. And at least 14 unnamed Commonwealth residents, eight are alive and zombified. Episode highlights, Sebastian reveals he has an older brother who died and left him in the position as the heir of the Commonwealth. Lance is used as a scapegoat for Sebastian's crimes because of that, as well as for his own crimes. He's stripped of his positions of power and put in jail. And there were no goofs identified last week. Okay, we are back, and I'll see you guys at break number five. Okay, guys, it's 944. We're at break number five, and finally this uh, episode gets some ground traction. Uh, So first off, my question is, Lance is in jail in that cell with his hands cuffed behind his back under locked doors. How does he use the restroom? I don't, that's rhetorical. Please don't answer me. Uh, I'm just saying there appears to be no facilities in there. And even if there were, he can't use them. And he appears not to have soiled himself. So kind of wondering what's up. And then they notice the comment, your people killed the sanitation workers. Lance appears to be in charge of those creepy little spy people. They keep chasing everyone around. Joan says, yeah, he was the one that set them on the mission to kill the janitors last week, and Joan is up to six. I'm up to six to five, just because I'm kind of enjoying that last little scene between Pamela and um, Lance, where she sticks her son in there and leaves the body and leaves him a knife. Although I don't recall her uncuffing him, so I'm kind of wondering how he's going to do any of that. He's supposed to... Feed Sebastian Zombie, and I assume he's either going to use himself or use the corpse in there, or the corpse in there is going to run out at some point, just saying. Uh, Joan also says there was a brief scene where he looked out of his cell window at the two spies, and they gave him a thumbs up, indicating it was done. I missed that, so very good catch. Thank you. Um, Let's go ahead and go back to my notes and continue so that we can finish that up. Cast birthdays this week. Kurt Rose, who played Daniel in Season 2, Episode 4, World Beyond. Birthday is October 17th. He's from Columbus, Georgia. Daniel Kevin Fogler, who was Luke in Magna's group. October 20th, from Brooklyn. Corey Antonio Hawkins, who played Heath. His birthday is October 22nd, and he's a D.C. boy. Uh, He also, by the way, played Dr. Dre in Straight Outta Compton. In case you looked familiar. We still don't know where Heath is. That's still a roving plot point. I think it's going to get solved when the uh, CRM ends up poking its head up, which is I, it's going to have to. Kyle Stephen Gallner, Zach Prisentine, October 22nd birthday. Very close uh, in years to Heath, oddly. Uh, he's from Westchester, Pennsylvania. Let's give everybody some happy birthday applause. Thank you guys for <laughs> Joan also mentioned she thinks one of the soldiers may have uncuffed him or it looked like it and that she was surprised that Pamela knew the spies were Hornsby's and they were the ones who killed the janitorial staff. Um, I don't know that I'm surprised. I mean, it's something that could have been found out afterwards from people uh, testifying. They've been interrogating people all day. No featured music was identified last week. Unaccounted for characters, Heath, Rick, and Georgie, And Winnie, the girl who ran away in season nine in the scars where Michonne was pregnant. Um, Talking Dead tonight, Ross Marquand, Aaron, Layla Robbins, who plays Pamela Milton, and Walking... This is very strange. They introduced him as Walking Dead superfan Terry Crews, but he was the star of uh, episode one of Tales. So we are back. Let's find out what's going on, and then I'll see you guys at break number six. Thanks. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
we are at break number six, I think. Both of us are going up to seven because the variant walkers have showed up. We thought they were being led by whisperers. These walkers are whisperers. They had on masks over their faces, but when you take them off, it's not a human being underneath. It's a walker who is more alert and has more skills. And, oh, my God, I don't even know what the hell is going on with that. And they're doing it towards the end of the episode. We've got till 10.08, so there's one more scene coming of some kind. Um, let's go back to the comments in the chat. Uh, we were fussing uh, at Mercer talking to Princess because he doesn't really want to admit that the Commonwealth has been Feces Theater for a long time. This is not like some big surprise to anybody. Okay. Um, Joan says, God, I love Princess, and I'm now wishing Mercer would grow a pair. I really do. I'm glad she said to him what she said. Because I think that's coaxing them to come out. Um, Jerry's got some moots, even with a bum knee. So good on him. Oh, there's a white wolf who's very angry. And now it's getting a toy on Amazon. Okay, whatever, guys. Um, and first I was like, the fecking whisperers are back, and who would resurrect that? And it was worth a higher score. So we're both at seven now. And holy feces on that. <laughs> Uh, viruses do mutate, so the whole mess is virus-based. It could be a deep doo-doo. Bear in mind, it has not been a secret that this has a connection to how Daryl has his spinoff. So we're going to be watching to see how this all goes together. Um, let me go back to my notes and finish that up as much as I can. Um, so this explains why Mars, my, Ross Marcan may be on the show tonight. Layla Robbins, Pamela Milton, and superfan Terry Crews, who's a cast member. I don't understand why Talking Dead painted him that way. I thought that was kind of rude. He was the first cast member of Tales from the Walking Dead or Tales of the Walking Dead. I have discussion links, but we don't need them. Let's talk about the rest of the season, <clears throat> and there isn't much left, guys. Okay, episode 173-20, What's Been Lost. Next week, writer is Eric Mountain, director TBA. I'll try to find out for you. October 23rd. I'll have it next weekend. They may be keeping it a secret. It may be somebody, you know, like uh, Satro or something. All right. 174.21, Outpost 22, writers are Jim Barnes, TBA director. October 30th, day before Halloween, 175-22. Title is Faith. Nicole Morante Matthews is the writer. Magali Lozano is the director. November 6th, 176.23, Family. Kevin Diebolt and Eric Mountain are the writers, TBA on the director, November 13th. And the last one, 177-24, rest in peace, writers Angela Kang, directors Greg Nicotero, November 20th is the end. Um, we are still in commercial, so let's keep going. Other shows on NDB Media include Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics. Current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history. Currently hosted on StreamYard. Check the NDB Media uh, Facebook page for links. Tuesdays, Fandom Access Week in Review, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the entertainment explosion of Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they dig into another night of television. Recent shows they've gone over have included The Walking Dead, Resident Alien, She-Hulk, Andor, Quantum Leap, Interview with the Vampire, House of the Dragon, and whatever else sounds intriguing. Uh, I will tell you the rest in a minute. We are back. Okay, guys, it's 10.09. Let me finish up what else is on the network. Um, Rock and Roll Shrink will be back. Uh, actually, we won't be back on the 26th because Dr. Mathis is in the middle of moving. So thank you for your patience. We may run a repeat show on that time slot on the 26th. Travelage Radio on the 20th, this coming Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Topic, in Boston, a city steeped in history, the Omni Parker House represents a blend in history and luxury right on the Freedom Trail. Hear all about this member of Historic Hotels of America when General Manager John Murtha visits Travelage Radio and Dan Schlossberg and Marilyn Nugent Lee interview him. The 480th episode of this show, now in its 11th season, also features a discussion of the multiple Omni hotels and resorts John Murtha represents. Evernew, Saturday the 22nd, 
10.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time with Chris Smith, hosts, Hannah McCrane, co-host, and their guests. Evernew is about living out loud, forging lasting connections, and visiting with effervescent thinkers and dreamers. It's an uplifting hour that promises to leave everyone feeling better, so who's up for some fun? A new Evernew podcast will air every other Saturday at the same Twitch NDB Media link on the public NDB Media page. Thank you not only to everyone joining us tonight, but those of you who may be listening later on via podcasts, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. We hope you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on this same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Thank you for joining us, and good night.